Hello, welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you build stronger relationships, deepen your faith, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I get to tell you a story, a real-life event of someone that I met just a few weeks ago who has made an enormous impression in my life, and I think he may make a difference for you as well. His name is Patrick, and he came to attend our Sunday morning assembly not long ago. He's in his early 60s, and he came with his wife, Lisa, and they sat there in the back. Afterwards, I had a chance to go and meet them, learn a little bit about them. They're from the Midwest, the upper Midwest, and they had moved here fairly recently. He was very insistent that he wanted to study the Bible with someone. He said, over the last two years, I've been digging into scriptures. I need some help. I want to be baptized. I need a relationship with Jesus, and we need a church home. So obviously, I was very excited by this. And I went over to the shelf and I grabbed a booklet that we call The Gospel Message. It's a four-lesson booklet that helps people learn how to become a Christian and what the church is all about. And I gave him two copies of that booklet. And I said, hey, would you mind just taking a look at lesson one, a few pages, and here's my phone number, and you just give me a call this week and we'll meet. And by the way, at the end of this episode, I want to tell you more about how you can get your hands on the Gospel Message booklet so that maybe you can give it to someone who needs it, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So the week went by, and I did not get a phone call, but next Sunday, in walks Lisa and Patrick. He sits in the back again, and after services, I go and speak to him, and he doesn't have the booklet with him, but he says, hey, I've completed half the book so far. I've really enjoyed it. I'd love to talk about it. And I was super excited about that because the first half of that book walks you right up to the water and the need for it in order to become a Christian. So I said, Patrick, we need to get together. You just tell me when and we'll do it. And he said, well, we've got some things going on. Can I come by on Thursday? I said, absolutely. So on that following Thursday, he showed up exactly when he said he would. And he came in and sat in the office, and for about an hour, I guess, I just asked him to tell me about his life. I just wanted to know everything I could about him and what journey had brought him to my office. And he certainly had an extraordinary story to tell. Patrick was raised in a godless home. He was never taken to church services. They never read the Bible. He had none of that in his upbringing. As soon as he could, he left home and he joined the military. He got married soon afterwards, and they had two little girls. But his oldest daughter was diagnosed with cancer at a young age. It took a tremendous toll on his marriage, and he and his wife got divorced. Just a few years after that, his daughter was sitting on the couch with him. She was 10 years old. She said that she was tired, and he told her to lean on his shoulder and take a nap and she stopped breathing. Patrick told me after that 
he dove in full force into alcoholism. He gave himself completely over to it. It was the only way that he knew to try and cope with his problems. He grew distant in his relationship with his other daughter. He had very little correspondence with his first wife, although she too passed away of cancer in the years to follow. Patrick got remarried to Lisa, but he said, I was a terrible husband. He said for most of those years, he drank all the time, and he really couldn't imagine why she put up with him. But then, about two years ago, Patrick said he was driving down the road in his car by himself. He pulled over to the side of the road and stopped and appealed to the existence of God and made a determination at that moment to find the Lord and get out of this addiction. And so here he was, two years after that moment, sitting across a desk from me. He had been in a program that you are, I'm sure, at least somewhat familiar with called AA, or Alcoholics Anonymous. He had been working through the steps, religiously, if you will, for these past two years, throughout which he had found a way to put alcohol out of his life. He had become an avid daily Bible student, and now he sat across from me, having visited our church, ready to become a Christian. And I was just about to baptize Patrick. And he said one more thing. He said, Chris, I'm here because I need to become a Christian, but there's something else. Patrick said, the 12-step program changed my life, but it's not enough. I am never going to make it without the 13th step. Now listen, I'll admit to you now, I was not incredibly familiar with all 12 steps from Alcoholics Anonymous. I've been looking at it recently, and I will be sharing it with you today. I think it's actually immensely valuable for the Christian. But at the time, I wasn't familiar with everything that Patrick had gone through, but I was certainly intrigued, and I asked him, I said, tell me, what is this 13th step that's brought you here? And as soon as he said it, it just made the most perfect sense. We talked about that 13th step for a few minutes, and then he and I walked into the auditorium, up a few steps, and I had the privilege of being present to baptize him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. All right, so firstly, I want to walk you through the 12-step program before I reveal to you the 13th step that Patrick has added to the end of it and that I think should just officially become a part of the program. I want to do that not so that you will understand Patrick better, but because addiction and being captured by sin and feeling helpless and overcome and desperate is a feeling that many of us have some familiarity with. If there are some things in your life that seem to have shackled you, or maybe someone you care very deeply for is an addict, please consider these steps today and finding a way to share them with people that you love. So here's a little history on Alcoholics Anonymous. It was founded by a guy named Bill Wilson and a doctor named Bob Smith in 1935. By 1939, 
Mr. Wilson had published a text which explains the philosophy and the methods of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we know that today as the 12 Steps of Recovery. Now look, since then, these 12 steps have been changed. Agnostics and atheists have rewritten them, eliminating even the slightest hint of God from this series of thought, and in my book, actually removing the power of the steps. But I want you to see them in their purest form, the same form that helped to change Patrick and Lisa's life and led him to Christ. So to begin, let me read the first three steps. Number one, I must first admit that I am powerless over my addiction and that my life has become unmanageable because of it. Number two, I must come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And number three, I must make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand Him. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you can file all of that under awesome. That is a tremendous way of sharing the very beginnings of the gospel. It reminds me of the Roman letter, how in the first three chapters of that letter, it just talks about how you're powerless to defeat sin on your own and that it will destroy your life. But God is greater than all of that weakness, and he's greater than us, and he can restore and forgive us. But firstly, I must make the decision to repent, which doesn't just mean being sorry for what I've done. It means I'm turning my life over to God because I need to become what he can make me. The results of doing this on my own have been revealed and I'm ashamed of them. Those represent the first three steps, and honestly, anyone who has ever been caught in sin ought to work through that same line of thought. All right, so let me add three more. And by the way, I will make sure in the Thursday blog that we put out, all of this will be typed out for you there. Here are numbers four, five, and six. Number four, make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. Number five, admit to God, to yourself, and to at least one other person the exact nature of your wrongs. Number six, be entirely prepared for God to remove all of these defects of character, or at least to forgive them. So do you see what's happening in these first six steps? It is a turning to God, an honesty like David had in the Psalms of my own sin and unworthiness and a willingness to admit it in prayer to God and to tell someone else that I need help knowing that God alone can save me. And the seventh step fits perfectly in line. Humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings. This is the process of asking for healing. Now, you might say, why is there no reference to baptism in this list? But I would say this. If you can find someone searching for healing, desperate to be free of their addiction like this describes, 
and you show them the water and the purpose of the water, they will run to it. In fact, I saw it with my own eyes. Here is number eight, nine, and ten. Number eight, make a list of all the people that you have harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Make direct amends, number nine, to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Continue, step 10, to take personal inventory, and when you are wrong, promptly admit it. So that series of steps not only has us going to God asking for removal, but we're so honest and open about this, and it's become so real that we are willing to go to people that we have harmed and apologize, to ask for their forgiveness while we continue to take inventory of how we're doing and what we'll be doing next. Step 11, seek through prayer to improve our contact with God as we understand Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Now, here's where it got really great with Patrick. He became a Bible student in this step. He wanted to seek contact with God through Scripture, and he found Him. And then the twelfth and final step, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, try to carry that message to other addicts to help them as well. And that's what's super cool, by the way, about Patrick's story. He was working in a mission not far from here, helping addicts. And he met one of the members of our church, Adam Bradley. I think I've mentioned him before. Adam is incredible. He works there at that same mission. Adam is also someone who's recovered from that type of lifestyle. And Adam invited Patrick to church. And that's how all of that got started. So I know I took a little extra time on that, but I am incredibly intrigued in how we can use those steps as they seem to honor so well the teachings of the gospel. But here's the point. That's how I found Patrick, 12 steps in, recovered to the point that he was even advising others, and yet he said, it's not enough. I said, Patrick, what is this 13th step that is so important to you? And he said to me, Chris, the 13th step is the church. I must find God's people. I need to worship with Christians. I need a family of support who believe in Jesus and serve him. He said, Chris, this is why I'm here, not just to be baptized, though I must, but to join in with people who believe the truth. I have to tell you, it just hit me so hard and heavy when he said that, how much that meant to him, and his beautifully clear idea of exactly what the book of Acts teaches. People baptized into Christ in Acts 2, and then what did they do? They found Christians, and they stuck with them, and they studied with them, and ate with them, and loved them. And that's what Patrick wanted, and that's what he's found. I need to say a couple of things about that, but I want to begin with this. Please pray for Patrick. Please pray for him as his commitment to Christ has led to him joining the church, that he can fight off all of the ways that the devil will attack him. Please pray for Lisa. She was in Catholicism as a youth, and she's still working through some of those things. 
please pray for her. And I would just like to turn this thing around on you for the last couple of minutes. I want to pray for you today. Do you understand how blessed it is to be a part of the church that belongs to Christ? How rewarding it is to be in the company of believers, to worship with them and sing with them and pray and study and partake of the Lord's Supper. How rewarding it is to know that no matter where you live, you will never be alone because you have taken the 13th step. You are a part of the body of Christ and a part of a family that will live forever. Now, a month ago, you might have said, Chris, that's a pretty good point, and I should look around at people in my life who lack that important community, and I should share this episode with them and say, you might want to walk this road to the water and into the body. But it's a little different now, isn't it? Most of us have not had an opportunity to meet with our brothers and sisters in Christ over the last few weeks. We've done what we could We correspond in whatever way we can, but I am hungry for it. I am hungry for a full assembly of the Lindell Church working together. I need to be back with my friends, talking about the things that matter. So we do the best that we can now. And by the way, we should be reaching out via text and email and phone call and whatever you can. Keep God's people encouraged. It mustn't feel like we've lost that 13th step just because of some virus and a few regulations for a little while. We still need to feel the community of believers. Pray about our church family and be thankful that it still exists in all of the glory of the one who made it, Jesus. All right, so I've got about a minute left. I want to tell you about the gospel message. That four-lesson book is capable of leading people all the way into the body of Christ. If you would like access to that, you can go to lindalechurchofchrist.com. And right there on the homepage, there's a box. It says the gospel message. You click it. The PDF opens instantly. Print it. Give it to your friends. Study it with your family. I've been working on it for about 15 or 16 years. We have a brand new edition we've just put out. And I hope that you too can find someone who is working their way. Maybe it's not official Alcoholics Anonymous 12 steps, but they are working through those steps toward God. And they're missing something. The power of the blood of Jesus and the support of his people. Use that booklet or whatever you can to reach out to them. Make sure the world knows that confessing sin and being washed in the blood and sharing that message with others is a wonderful 12-step program. But don't forget the church, the community of believers, the 13th step. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.